Welcome to Mad World with Meg and Maria. Just two girls figuring out this world that we live in. Welcome back to Mad World. I'm Maria. And I'm Meg. And we're on episode three. We've made it to episode three. Well done. Proud of you. As if we're like almost a month in. I was thinking that because we, I think we set up our Instagram page just under a month ago, didn't we? And it's doing pretty well. Like, I think we're getting like really good engagement. I feel like I say that every episode. Can't get over it all. All I'm saying is we're getting better and better, baby. But yeah. I can't believe we stuck to it. And I just kind of never thought it would actually happen. Oh, right. So you didn't think that we would actually get around to doing it and starting it and recording it? Yeah. Like, I thought it was just one of those things that we discussed. Well, and... thanks for having faith in me. <laughs> thanks for that. Do you know what? I was going to say the complete opposite, that I no. <laughs> never have asked for a better partner in crime, podcast, co-host, supporter and friend. I was saying this the other day, I mean, ignoring all that nice stuff he said. <laughs> I didn't mean it anyway, so it doesn't matter. I was saying it's a great partnership. We just agree on everything. I feel like we're both relatively easy people. You said yourself that you you are a little bit of a control freak. Mm-hmm. I don't like that word, but I'm going to use it because you used it. You are a little bit of a control freak, <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with that because what you're doing is you're producing really good stuff. So the branding and stuff, you're on it. I would never have been able to make a page look as good as you've helped make this page look. But if you were a control freak in the way that you were making shit stuff, I would have told you by now. There'd be a problem. There'd be a huge problem. This wouldn't be the Megan Maria podcast. This would just be Maria. I'd be out of here. Get that fire exit door. I'm off. Oh my God. Insert Gemma Collins clip right now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i hope you do um uh, do you ever sometimes want to say welcome to the m&m show yes if anyone doesn't know that was what our show was called on the radio so we've rebranded ourselves M&M. completely. yeah but then before that was just an excuse to get drunk and do something because we were sad <laughs> yeah and also it was like we were saying a minute ago it was something we'd spoken about and then all of a sudden we we were in the studio and I was like holy shit Maria you weren't joking episode three um I think this might end up being a longer episode than every other one because we've got a lot to talk about yeah but we're going to be talking about how brands and maybe influencers need to do more as in the modern society that we live in mm-hmm. buck your ideas up basically Exactly, because we've moved on so far from, let's say, even 10 years ago, mm-hmm. that brands just need to actually sort of change their culture and their brand values to match all of these important issues. Yeah. So, yeah, let's start off with, let's talk about the brands that we do appreciate and we do go back to whether, yeah. Okay. Well, I actually made a note of mentioning one particular brand asos lovely and i think you are probably the same i'm the kind of asos shopper that has the um the all year round premier delivery you know she's my girl like she's that one i can't let go of i just keep calling back you know keep calling back to her uh and what i really like about asos and like their ethos Ha, the ethos of ASOS, if you will. Um, just sort of their body positivity, 
you know, obviously most companies do have a plus size range, which is sometimes it starts at size 14, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, yeah. Even size 12 sometimes. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, so they have really good representation of different body, uh, body shapes, body types, um, one of the things they stopped doing was they stopped photoshopping out stretch marks, which I was just like, it's sad that it's groundbreaking, but also like, thank you. It you needs to I mean? be done. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're setting such an example. And I think, you know, there's such a big platform for fashion um, that brands, I don't get how brands aren't looking up to them already. Like you just said then a lot of plus size models, sometimes they're wearing a size 12, yeah. right? I think places like, uh, should I name them? Name and shame, Queen. So places like Sheen was brought to my attention earlier when I was discussing this whole topic. And it's like a size 12. So I wear a size 12 sometimes on my on my top because I've got quite a large bust. You've got tig old bitties. Exactly. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. yeah, so I have to wear a size 12 sometimes. And it's like... I'm not being funny like you know even having to some people might have a bigger bum or some people might have bigger hips and it's like I just even just the sizing is just so it can just be so you know uh it can be hit and miss and it shouldn't you shouldn't have to go to a certain shop and be like oh I have to get this in a size up or a size down because their size is different it's like why can't sizes be universal yeah for the sake of my sanity exactly it, it pisses me off but you know going back to asos and i think we need to give them the credit they deserve um they really do show people's impure in like imperfections as people would describe them as that or you know i think it is important and even even what i don't understand is when freckles are photoshopped out yeah i love freckles there's a whole there's a whole bloody um market behind freckles nowadays i mean when i was younger i'm quite a freckly person I mean, when I was younger, I used to be like, God, I just can't wait to grow out these freckles. Like, that's obviously, Meg, that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, but that's so sad. But I used that's... to hate my freckles. And now people are paying to get them. All it, I've oh got to do God, is really? sit outside for half an hour. Like, yeah, we you know, like that, the makeup stuff. Oh, like, I see what you mean. brands yeah, yeah. that's like... <laughs> I don't know why. I, I mean, thought. it wasn't like, a, there's not like a special, like, <laughs> cosmetic surgery you can get. I was thinking, wow. <laughs> No, honey. Maria moment number one. Yeah, um, Maria moment. But no, you—that's so true. Like people do generally pay to get freckles. Yeah, you know, like people a freckle market look. stuff around it. People are putting it's henna mental. on their faces. Yeah, I don't know if you saw this. I don't follow them on Instagram because I, they're one of the brands that I do not support, and I won't be. I've never supported. Um, so boohoo, they yeah. they occasionally on their Instagram, they do a who wore it better. And it's the same outfit with a plus size model and like a normal size or really? a skinnier model. And it says who wore it better. And I just think that is disgusting because people are commenting saying um, the larger size model um, is wearing it better, all of this, which is, you know, fine. But why are you comparing the two? They're two different body types wearing the same outfit. It's the same outfit. It doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. I didn't know they did that. Yeah, so if you got, you know, you can look on their Instagram. It was quite a, a few posts down now because maybe they've, you know. Maybe they realised what they were doing. 
But I just don't get how that was even allowed. Like, how's their marketing team, their social media team think, oh, this is a great, this is great content. Let's put this out there. Like, it's the same outfit. I, Do you know what I mean? I was actually going to make a point about that as well, about these huge companies making really stupid mistakes, right? I think the note I actually wrote down was, how are brands still missing the mark? Is there someone in the boardroom questioning in this? Yeah. <laughs> I literally wrote that down, like... Why, like, what is going on in these ballrooms where someone's like, guys, got a great idea for a post, We've got a great idea for an advert, let's plow all this money into this advert, put it out, and then have to come out and make an apology for offending a large amount of people with their stupid yeah. advert, where they completely miss the mark, whether that be about race, disability, gender, you know, how has this been allowed through, you know, like... Who's opened up the floodgates? Because whoever's running this boardroom, I don't sort it out. Something's not working. That's the thing. The huge companies with um, like people need to remember, Boohoo is a massive like company with, uh, you know, it is a boardroom, and there's probably a boardroom under that that they go to. Like, there's so many people. One Instagram post goes through like a team. Exactly. When you've got that many followers, a lot of these big. fashion brands are owned by men so like top shop i think it's there's top shop uh dorothy perkins um top man burton miss selfridge they're owned by philip green oh yeah his daughter was on made in chelsea wasn't she yeah so you know a lot of these things are owned by very rich i think asos is actually is actually owned by a man majority of the demographic aren't white cis men you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um so it needs to start from the top and I think you made a good point which I didn't really think about is that it needs to start from the point by having from the top to have diverse people to then so it then it funnels through definitely like you, if you've got representation in the boardroom you will have representation in the brand yeah oh I like yeah. that that's another quote from me if you want to put it on a t-shirt like I did last week I can't remember the quote I made last week but I think it was your eyebrows your responsibility that was a good one yeah, that was a good one. Oh my god, let's let's definitely do merch. <laughs> Defo. We'll go to the boardroom and we'll include people of all backgrounds as our models. Um, but no, we really like we. I just don't get like how brands don't do it. And so this is another thing that is kind of. I don't know. Some people may find it difficult, but I think it needs to be a must now. And that is um, gender neutralizing basically everything. Hmm. Yeah, um, some people don't even agree with the fact that there's like a girls and boys section for little kids. Yeah, so let's talk about it in sort of the beauty and uh, cosmetics um, sections and shops, right? Yeah, they have male and female deodorants. They have male and female yeah. razors. They have male and female skincare. Um, I'm sorry, but last time I checked, they're the same thing. They are. This is literally just a branding thing, though, which is what is confusing, especially me growing up. I used to actually think that I wouldn't be able to use certain things because it was for a man. Yeah, I know. You know? It's like yeah, that yeah. weird naivety. And I'd be like, oh, no, I can't use that. It's for a man. It's for a man. Yeah. It's for a man. <laughs> it's, for, it's for a man. Um, can't use that. That's for a man. No, but it, it does because, like, it's, like, so it's engraved into your head, like, a deodorant, a deodorant at the end of the day, it does the same job. So does a razor. 
So razors really piss me off, okay? You go into a shop and you see the men's razors are cheaper than the female razors. And they do the same thing. They're both right. removing hair. So for example, I've got a picture here. So a Gillette razor is Evan eight eight seventy nine. Um, it's got all the same features as this female Gillette razor, which is nine ninety nine. Right. So what do you think what do you think the reasons behind it? This is what I don't understand because I was like, why know, is it such a thing? Because my immediate answer would be, or oh, maybe women shave more. They'd shave probably more parts of their body, but also men shave probably more times their facial hair. I don't Some get it. Some men shave their face like every day. Yeah, exactly. I don't get it. I'll get rid make... of that five o'clock shadow. Am I right? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. And do you know what annoys me when brands think that people don't notice? Well, this, yeah, so this is about Gillette. So the article says, Gillette, pink tax on women. Razor, razor firm slammed for hypocrisy for charging women more for the same products as men while bashing sexism in controversial ad. Again, it goes back that you have a marketing team, you have social mm -hmm. media team, you have branding. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Like, you're embarrassing yourself. Can I talk about another brand? Yeah. This was... The point I was trying to make earlier about how, like, this is what kind of spurred that point on about how are you not letting someone tell you no? Like, Dove, do you remember when the, the Dove did the brand, the advert, and they completely missed the mark when they did, um, it was like an advert and it was this black woman taking her T-shirt off and she becomes a white woman. Right, okay. Do you remember that? I don't, but, right. <laughs> it wasn't even that long ago. It was a couple of years ago. Okay, so this was in 2017. So you've Googled it. Brilliant. Yeah. So you can see it. Oh my God. I recommend going to Google it and watch it. Okay, so Dove. 10 years ago, I think, was the Real Beauty campaign, which changed um, modern advertising because they used natural women from all walks of life. Was that when they were all stood there and like they're pants and their vests yeah. or something i think yeah. i literally know exactly what brand so what advert is talking about yeah so it's like it's massive it put them you know dove became this they completely changed their brand values to be like wow they're oh my god yes they're showing natural women natural beauty and then they do something like this which i'm now i'm pissed off because i'm never gonna buy a dove product because you you would now associate that do you know what i mean it's frustrating for such a big brand to be able to put that out it was on I'm pretty sure it was on television. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's a television advert. It's like uh, that's really bad. It it's says, like someone's someone's gonna see that as offensive, and it says they missed the mark. No, do you not realise? Like when when he did, and it's again with H and M when they did that. Um, the kid with the monkey t shirt. <laughs> it's like I know exactly what you're talking about. These like you know every photo, even on ASOS, you know photos do get retouched, right? you know, because of lighting, whatever, that yeah, photo yeah. would have gone through all of this editing and no one would have thought, hmm, I don't Should we be putting this little black kid in a T-shirt that kind of highlights quite an offensive term people have used in the past against black people? Yeah. Do you think, <laughs> do you think no one thought that? Because... We, we all did. <laughs> I probably would have said something. I'm sorry, but I probably would have said something. Yeah. And it's like... <sighs> You know, the whole point of this discussion is obviously not to bash brands, but also to be like, um, you can prevent this. Like and own your shit as well. 
Yeah. And don't do stupid things. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get why it's such a difficult thing to ask. I know. I think in a future episode, we're going to talk all about cancel culture and stuff. But um, yeah. if we touch on it now briefly, I know, you know, it's such a big thing. But mm. do you think you as a consumer are going to start changing how you shop, you know, with brands who don't necessarily pull their weight or do stupid shit like Dove? I think as a consumer, it's hard to feel like you're doing anything effective. Mm. So if you're in that position where you feel like, I don't agree with what this brand's done or a campaign or a scandal that surrounds a brand, it's really hard to feel like you not doing something off your own back is going to change something. One brand that I do not buy from um, is Victoria's Secret. Yeah. After they they said we don't want to represent false representations of women you know something like that because they didn't want transgender women on the on the runway i'm just going to keep what they said um and this is another thing with gender neutral products and brands and like really making it more gender neutral because you know transgender does exist non-binary people do exist whether people like it or not do you know what i mean and they will be wearing these and using these products yeah I just, you know, I don't, I don't get, and it doesn't affect anyone else. Like, I think we had this conversation the other day in the group chat and uh, our friend was saying, like, if it doesn't bother you, why are you, like, why are you caring so much? Like, it doesn't bother you. You're still going to go buy the deodorant. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Have you seen a gender neutral deodorant? No, because even the, I use Mitchum deodorant and it could be, you know, gender neutral because it's just a green bottle, but they still have Mitchum men. Yeah, it's a powder exactly. fresh scent. Anyone can use it, but it's still marketed to two different genders. Yeah, that's no, ridiculous. So change it. I think <laughs> I've found, so change it from Megan Maria. I think I've just found what they said. So bear in mind, this is a white cis male. This was back in 2018, I think. So this is a quote. Well, why not? Talking about why they shouldn't have. He actually used the term transsexual as well which is actually outdated and not something that's used anymore I don't think um said no he said well why not because the show is a fantasy it's a 42 minute entertainment special that's what it is it's the only one of its kind in the world and any other fashion brand in the world would take it in a minute including the competitors that are carping at us and they carp at us because we're the leader so basically, like, they can't missell this fantasy by using plus size or transgender women. That's pretty much That's what they said. Awful. So jump forward a year later, the biggest backlash they got. I think they must have lost, like, you know, a lot of support. Yeah. And I think good. they must have had. They must have seen a dip in sales because I don't want to buy into brands like that. It's like, what do you mean a fantasy? Yeah. If, that's... if you if your pants are comfortable, I'm gonna wear them. You know. Yeah. Um, definitely. So I used to wear knickers. I actually ruined them all at university because I didn't know how to do my washing properly. But (laughs) I left, let's just leave that there. All my Victoria's Secret knickers fell apart anyway. Yeah, and that's like, they are literally, you know, they have this massive event that is, you know, all these artists play at as well, don't they? They have an artist each year who play. They have some Mm -hmm. of the biggest supermodels there. And it's like... I mean, even if I was a supermodel, I think a few. I think now thinking about it, a few supermodels refuse to do the Victoria's Secret catwalk because of it. 
I wouldn't be surprised. But skip forward a year later, 2019, they cast an openly transgender Brazilian model. Good. But also it's like they're forced into it. Yeah. Why did it take you fucking up? It's it's almost like, okay, now you're bothering because you're losing sales. Like, no, bother before. Yeah. And this is the issue. Like, okay, yeah, we can go on about cancel culture and how, you know, it's not... <sighs> There is a bit of an issue around it, but also it happens for a reason. And now suddenly yeah. you're all, you know, you're all for transgender. No, you can't pick and choose. I'm sorry, you can't. I just you... think in general people, you know, whatever it's a brand or a person, as long as you have been held accountable for something and you recognise the issue, yeah, nine times out of ten, people can move on. But yeah, when yeah. you defend it by saying that it's not buying, people that... won't buy into that fantasy... And then a year later, you, um, you hire something that you were so against. Yeah, no. So you're... dubious about, then there's a little bit of people pleasing there and it's not genuine. Exactly. You're completely right. Like, he just needs to shut his mouth clearly and needs to get a better yeah. PR team and keep his, you know, ignorant views to the side. And, like, it's just, it's mental. Um, but, yeah, you were you were talking about, um, like, when we're discussing our topics uh you're mm -hmm. talking about plasters i basically was thinking about what are things that as a white woman or just a white person in general what are things that i take for granted being a white person and the thought of plasters mm -hmm. and how plasters are nude they're nude colored obviously you know i've got a, i've got a box of plasters in my bag with powerpuff girls on them Anyone can wear them because <laughs> you want to show off you've got a power puff plaster on, don't you? Yeah. If say you're in the service industry or you're wearing really obvious plaster on. Yeah, like, hello, like I've got a car. Yeah. <laughs> like, haha, I've got a blister. I burnt myself. Yeah. The plasters are there at the end of the day to protect wounds. Exactly. And you don't want to walk around as a black person with a nude plaster on. Yeah. No, it's, it's crazy because that's something that you would have just thought why couldn't we have just done that like yeah. at the start of when they when plasters were first a thing <laughs> but now there are companies that are marketing and starting up startup companies specifically for like bandages and plasters for people of color yeah which uh you so you do know that tesco have released um plasters for you know different skin tones so they released an advertising Good. campaign and it said about bloody time and it was covered with um brilliant a, a plaster for someone for a person of color and it's like yes and tesco again they take they have taken the vat off period products as well yeah so i need to support you tesco more and i will you uh i i always go to tesco i love them even if you're a bit Not more the cheapest of a, place. No, I was just going to say, but if you're a bit more of a drive for me than Asda, I'm gonna I'm gonna support you more because, like, that's how you do it. Yes, okay, it probably yeah. took too long, but f you know now it's you now ball, we got the ball rolling. We're having a discussion about it now. Do you know what I mean? We hope you're enjoying the episode. Find us on Instagram at MadWorld underscore podcast to watch our two-minute talk series where people are honest and open about their personal experiences. This Sunday, we have Naomi discussing her experiences growing up with a gay mother and the judgment and prejudice she faced. Do you remember Kleenex had their man-sized tissues? I think it was Kleenex. And now they don't do them anymore because it's like man-sized tissues. Yeah, it was Kleenex. What's the point? 
Yeah, what's the point in a man-sized tissue? Oh, yeah, they changed it to extra large. And what is an extra large tissue? I would never think, oh, this tissue is too small. I don't, I just don't get it. Because again, it's about the money thing. You have such a big team and you think, oh my God, let's make man-sized tissues. What? Oh my God, I've just found them. I've just found them online. They are selling still. They're here. You can buy them from... they're so expensive. You can buy them from Paperstone, whatever that is. You can buy man-sized tissues for 447. So if you want some man-sized tissues, um... Get a grip. Feed into your, yeah, <laughs> get a grip. Get a life. <laughs> if you really want to feed into your crisis of masculinity and you want to have everything man-sized, man-made, go for it. Yeah. And I'll be over here with my little dainty woman tissues, wiping my tears <laughs> like I give a fuck. I sound like I'm bothered, but I'm, I sound like I'm really bothered, don't I? <laughs> I mean you have every right to be bothered as a woman I am a little bit bothered clearly we're not good enough for big tissues because I really I really wanted those tissues and I can't use them now because I've got man written on them if they made tissues calling them period tissues there would be uproar tissues for your fanny yeah exactly I want to do a quick self plug because uh, you, you self plug every week so now it's my turn mate my whole life is a self plug um, but I feel like it pick, fit, fits perfectly in to this the whole gender neutral and how brands need to do more i studied advertising um and i entered a competition it was all about equality so it's complete complete freedom we could pick any topic we wanted to so me and my lovely wonderful ad partner um we came up with this idea called break the bloody stereotype so we used body form and created gender neutral period products to get away from any dysphoria feeling or any anxiety mm-hmm. feeling for non-binary people and transgender people. And I'm not being funny, I must say, it's a very good campaign. So if you want to see it, yeah, I'll, it's I'll link it. <laughs> um, it's such a good idea as well. But I've, since then, I've I've obviously told people about it because it's something I'm proud of and it's also something that, you know, should be a discussion there are people who have had to say like that's ridiculous or that's stupid it's like periods are for women shut up shut up if you're one of that person you're listening please stop being ignorant and just get over yourself if you're a white cis man again and you're bothered about period products like get a grip i think even some women like cis women won't get it yeah yeah you're right uneducated that's the thing it is education and it's just i just think it's this is the thing all toilet products should be toilet products they shouldn't be to have this like you know even for a woman when you you're on your period and you have pick up this pink bright flowery you know period product and it's like that's not how you're feeling <laughs> you're no. not feeling like butterflies you're feeling and rain. dark like you, <laughs> you feel like a pack of cigarettes like you know the pack of cigarettes that don't have the branding on anymore it's just pictures of like just disturbing <laughs> images you just feel like a walking disturbing image yeah. that's what i do anyway you know <laughs> but you don't feel like oh floral and pink and all that you, you don't just feel, feel like, like wow but if i'm home but if i'm for you do you remember that advert no oh honestly it's just the most cheery like people on their period and they're dancing around oh you know God, when they're yeah. like they're in like a dance class. They're at yoga and they're like, oh, oh yeah. I love my tampon. I'm thinking. Or playing tennis or in playing white t- shorts. Thinking, yeah. 
I'm like, no, even it's not if happening. I had four tampons in and two sanitary <laughs> towels, I still wouldn't play tennis in a little white tennis skirt when I was on my period. I'm sorry, exactly. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, let's just make everything gender neutral and get over it and just deal with the fact that they're the same product. Yeah. We don't need and man-sized tissues. Also, these people who have issues with what we were just talking about, you know, like, oh, well, wow, yeah, everything's going to be fucking this and that now. God, anyone can have a period nowadays, can't they? Just ask yourself, do you really, really care? Yeah. Do you really, really, <laughs> do you genuinely sit there at night and think, God, I'm really upset that some, <laughs> some sanitary products that I don't personally use is catering towards more than just the average woman. Yeah, exactly. Like... Do you care, sir? Because I assume <laughs> you're a man. Or lady, if that's your real name. You know, <laughs> just ask yourself, do you really care? Exactly. It's just... <laughs> Sorry, unless... I just had to say that. Yeah. Just get that out. <laughs> Okay, so can we move on? And this is something I know you're very passionate about, which I love. Oh, I'm excited. What is it? Foundation shades. Oh, yeah, I do. I do like foundation. Because you um, are very into makeup, aren't you? I am very into makeup. As much as I haven't worn it over the first half of this year. Um, But I am really into makeup. And I did actually write a whole page of notes on foundation shades. Well... I'm giving you the floor because obviously some brands need to sort their shit out. Okay, thank you. <laughs> we were we were pretty much saying this anyway earlier about how like how are brands doing these things without being without questioning whether this is really ready to go to public yet? Is this really going to be appropriate? Is this really going to be accepted? Is this inclusive enough? Yeah. Ask yourself as a brand: Is this inclusive? Is this excluding someone because nine times out of ten it probably fucking is yeah anyway so if i refer to my notes um i wanted to talk about one brand in particular okay which is beauty blender so beauty blender is a brand initially you know came to light for their makeup sponge which is just you know that in itself is just its own brand yeah this beauty blender brand right then they started bringing out makeup and they bought out a foundation. And it's really cool. Cool bottle, cool package. But they bought out 32 shades, right? Mm-hmm. But only like five or six of them were for black people. Like, yeah, I'm I'm looking at the shade range now. Barely not even I mean, if you were a, a light skinned black person, you probably could have got away with it. But there are people out there who aren't, you know, a lot a lot of black black people aren't light skinned. They've got if that you, melanin. If you, you know? can afford to make that many lighter tone shades, you can afford to make exactly, exactly. the same for people of colour. But if you look, if anyone is listening to this, you Google the shade range, the, the original shade range, by the way, because they have since bought out eight more shades. And how funny, they're all for black people. But if you can create that now, why can't you create that then? And why didn't anyone mention it in the fucking ballroom? They also, I remember the PR packages for this as well. The amount of wasted, the, the amount of plastic and 
packaging they use in the PR packages is and they sent it out to so many people you think do you need to make a big song and dance about it it's so you know, bad it's so it's such and wastage mark uh, mark jacobs they um were you know accused of upsetting people because of their lack of foundation um skin tone selection and now looking at the picture the darkest shade is probably for my shade it's Maybe ridiculous, isn't and it? it's like that's it's utterly ridiculous. awful. It's awful. Um, so they had thirty-two shades. Now they have forty. And do you know why? They, how they defended themselves? Please tell me. Oda is actually Latina, so she wanted to make sure that she was getting enough shades for the olive skin girls or the olive skin people. And it's like, okay, well, what about black people? Yeah. You've got a shit ton of shades for the pasty white ones, you know? I mean, great, you're representing olive skin mid-tone people. But why have you only got... I just don't get it. And it doesn't no. even go dark enough to you consider every different shade for a black person. Yeah, yeah. I, it, it... I just don't get what the issue is. What is so hard about making it... Yes, obviously meet in the middle, but then spread out the shade equally on each end. Exactly. And even if you're looking at a business brain as well, um, you're literally reducing your target demographic. Like you're, you're reducing the amount of sales. Of your market. Yeah. Exactly. Like, you know, whether you you have ethical beliefs or not, um, if you're only running a business, why would you cut your market massively? In half. Um but talking of foundation, let's talk about a brand who changed the foundation shade game. Um, and that's Fenty. So they have, looking at their swatches of all their shades of foundation, they have about 12 to 14 of each. They have like 12, sorry, between 10 or 12. So many. On light, between, between 10 or 12 for medium, tan and deep. And it's like they're covering every possible shade range they can. Yeah. Um, and I think even, you know, they try and release as many shades as possible, you know, for new release releases yeah, new of products and different stuff. Different styles, yeah. And it's even like bronzer and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's like you like need a selection. If it takes you longer to find your shade, then great. That's how it should be, I think. <laughs> it's also it's also a shame because um it's a shame because when you've got a brand like Fenty coming out and I do believe that Rihanna really did change it up and encourage other brands that then hopped on and thought, okay, well, if Rihanna's doing 40 plus shades, we'll do 40, 40 plus shades. Exactly. You know? It's not actually doing but it it's for... it's a shame. It's kind of, I think it, I think it was a bit of both. I think they did it because they wanted to be inclusive, but they also yeah. did it because they realised if she can do it, we can do it. And it should have been that the whole time. But there were brands doing huge shade ranges before them, like, for example, MAC Cosmetics. Um, right, yeah. They were made for the runway. They had so many shades. But because they were that kind of out of reach, they were considered a high-end brand, I think. I don't think a lot yeah. of the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, not... Their, that's their market. But, um, yeah, see, I think, you know, Fenty really... I think it's because, obviously, it has Rihanna's face to it, which, which is, you know... I mean, Mac was still big before then. Mac's been huge yeah. for years. But, you know, had Rihanna, a black woman, putting her, you know, face on this brand, which obviously does help to 
get more attention. Um, but also, I think it was a year ago, she started going into drugstore with boots, which I think does help as well. Yes, and I know, but Mac are now. I believe Mac are going into boots, which is brilliant. I think he is actually in some boots already because I think it's more likely to be in department stores so like House of Fraser, which is kind of going downhill, I think. But Debenhams, there's Mac's in, there's Mac in Debenhams and um, uh, what's the other one called? John Lewis, that sort of thing. Like yeah. they're in like department stores, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I think Fenty going to boots is good because it's it's so much more accessible. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. And um, no, like obviously there are a lot of brands that just need to do more, but I just think they need to look at some of the brands that are setting great examples like Tesco and like ASOS. Yeah, like everyday brands. Exactly. As we're talking, I just got an email saying that my ASOS order is on its way. So that's how much I like ASOS. (laughs) But yeah, so I was, again, I was discussing this like this topic for this podcast episode to uh, a mutual friend of ours and I was saying like you know what are there any brands that you can think of that haven't done great and there's this uh, influencer on Instagram she's called Demi Colleen and she said she basically wrote this post saying your silence is deafening and she said uh, I quote feel free to tag any bloggers influencers or brands here vegan or not speak up we see you going about your day abusing your platform with ignorance you're vocal enough when it involves people who look like you or the environment or the animals but when black people need your voice suddenly your new cookbook recipe makeup brush lunch outside etc is more important than bringing attention to the public murder of black people end quote and so a lot of people there's over a thousand comments and they commented um brands you know saying right you need to speak up we haven't heard a lot yeah even just like sharing petitions having a link in your bio for a charity that supports black people you know just, just keep the conversation keep going track of things but if you've got yeah. something there that's a constant then you're doing something you know and again, I hate to say it, but the majority of these big influencers have teams. These brands have teams. Yeah. Okay, so I just wanted to kind of bring a point together from what we've just been discussing. And this could apply to any representation, not just Black Lives Matter or LGBTQ+. Everything, you know, disability. Any minority group. Any minority. I wanted to say that it's not just about having a campaign around these minorities which is something I saw online um, where someone was reflecting on diversity and representation within brands. It's like, don't just have a campaign. Yeah. Don't just have a pride campaign for Pride Month. Include this minority in your everyday marketing. Yeah, throughout, you know, know, your employees, everything. Yeah, have this visible in your branding. Have this represented in all areas all the time. Because that's what makes up our world at the end of the day exactly this our world's made up of people like this and if they're not being represented you're you're represent you're kind of painting a false image of the world and i just think that's really shitty and not that hard yeah definitely make it a whole thing also shout out to nike oh yes i was going to mention this amazing an honorable mention Nike, including modest um, activewear, modest swimwear, uh, Nike hijabs. 
who'd have thought it but it needs to happen and I think it's really good I completely agree and um they did a campaign you know straight out of while the Black Lives Matter um discussion came to place with the George Floyd murder and they brought Mm -hmm. out a campaign and you know of course you know maybe like you said the campaign isn't always necessary but they they're throughout their brand values they are showing diversity and they're bringing it into a movement and also you know this was before brands were saying anything or making any statements this was like so raw after the murder they then use their platform knowing they're at the front stage of one of the biggest brands in the world knowing that they could get boycotted again or whatever they spoke Mm -hmm. out instantly and it like it just shows they don't care about boycotting I mean obviously yes they're a multi-billionaire company but they also know they have this platform and they are on the world stage you know they have a responsibility yeah no I'm so glad you brought that up but yeah um I know that something happened with you the other night that you wanted to mention. I know you're a little bit dubious about talking about it because, I don't know, you might be a little bit reluctant, but I said I think it's the best thing to do is to talk about something that has affected you. Um, And talking about things, especially with the climate at the moment and the movement, even if it just helps one person or, like, one person hears it, it's, you know... It, it has an impact you know yeah um okay you're gonna have to bear with me um okay first let's start off with and explain that i am from latin america i'm from guatemala therefore i'm brown okay mm-hmm. um maybe going after this podcast please go and just research as many ethnic minorities there are because you know we need to remember there are other ethnic Nick minority groups other than black and Asian um but yeah so I've had my fair share of um racism I live in Cornwall which is a very uh backward county and uh yeah so I kind of have said that I think I will probably experience more racism because of the discussion of Black Lives Matter in Cornwall anyway um and yeah so Saturday night I went out for my birthday and uh this guy approached me and uh the group of people I was with and he was like trying to hit on us you know can you blame him um what a lad and so obviously you know me my group have have boyfriends so you know my friend was like no like sorry go away um because sometimes on a night out you're with your friends just pick your moment you know if you're gonna hit on a girl or hit on a boy or whatever read the room yes and he then said, oh, you look nice. And I was like, you know, like giving the look as in go away. Um, and I said, no, sorry, I've got a boyfriend. And he goes, I've always wanted to get with an Asian girl. I like Asian girls. So I said, no, I'm not Asian. And um, I basically said that he needs to go educate himself because I'm not Asian. And he kept saying, well, you are Asian. Um, you look Asian. So you're Asian. Um and I've been called Asian so many times, I can't count. Um, and that was just kind of going back and forth. And obviously that was like uh, rude and racist and ignorant anyway. But what really has sort of affected me is the fact that he started using the whole BLM movement as an excuse or like 
as so he said um the blm movement has been and gone and i can say what i want and he basically said i can say what i see so for me it's almost like he was trying to justify it in a weird way and say well i'm being nice because i'm saying you're asian i'm saying you're different and it's like no you've got it completely wrong like i can't i can't really explain it but it kind of just i just think people just need to no you have explained it very well because at the end of the day people forget that what they think is positive is racism and what we had Shivay Oakley say on our two minute podcast you know saying that something like oh, I really want mixed race kids is like what is this aesthetic that you're putting on being a minority you know it's like what he was saying to you I've always wanted to be with an Asian first of all get your race right I'm not Asian second of all why are you just sexualizing me like that's the only reason that's the thing it's like it's on on your list of things to do you know on top of all that you're actually harassing me (laughs) (laughs) um but it's just like I I don't don't know why I'm quite tough-skinned uh I can I can I can deal with a lot I can take a lot I'm in a you know an occupation as well where I'm at the front of you know all sorts of abuse um but don't know this really hit different because it's the fact that I think we're having this discussion pretty much every day obviously it's got less unnoticed now which we need to keep the conversation going but it's just the fact that I just knew this was gonna happen because where I live I just knew that people are going to use it as an excuse almost I don't know it's just I just found it like I don't know it's really affected me a lot more than other racial experiences I just think you know I was humiliated as well like this is the one time I wanted to just, I haven't been out in like six months I'm out celebrating my birthday and it's like oh this is this, literally the this first man took it upon himself to make you uncomfortable yeah and, and he didn't realize yeah and it's like I just I guess it's important as well like I was with people who you know were all white and the girls I with were like insanely supportive and you know they were ready to voice up and be like like go away type thing you know they were ready to stand up for me obviously you know I could stand up for myself but they understood their white privilege which I think is amazing and I think what people just don't need to do is make out like people who go through this are overreacting because it's like you would never understand the feeling like I think I you know I messaged you the next morning just I just felt I don't know I just felt so ashamed of what I look like and it's like you know we all as a you know as people anyway we have low self-esteem and we always are the first to pick out our flaws and it's like then it's just yeah knowing that I'm just walking around sticking out like a sore thumb or that it's always it's just always going to be there and I think that's what really sucks and I just think people just need if you witness racism or yeah you know if you witness homophobia if you witness any sort of discrimination just stand up because I'm not saying fight them or you know swear at them and shout at them I'm just saying no that's not okay you know just call it out correct them and remind them that just because something wouldn't offend you doesn't mean it doesn't offend someone else which is what a huge part of the issue is is just because these white people aren't offended it's like 
I don't give a fuck if these white people are offended. Yeah. It's about who is being harassed or insulted. You know, it's not about the people with the privilege for once in their fucking lives. (laughs) It's not about you. It's about me. What little white Meg. It's not about me. You know? Yeah. People, I, I think it's really good that you mentioned it though. And I think it's good that people hear these things um, and I know that people from the area that you live in in Cornwall listen to this podcast and I hope they hear it and I hope they realise the things that just because they don't experience it, that people experience as minorities in small towns, especially like Cornwall, it's such a white place. And it's also a really uneducated place. And I know that because I lived there for four years. Yeah. And I left. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting out of this place. <laughs> um, leaving me behind. Um, leaving you behind. <laughs> yeah, I, I just made a really weird noise then. Um, no, yeah, exactly. Like and I have that's some. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I have great people around me, which is, and I have an opportunity to speak about it because I said to you, I was like, yeah. I'm not talking about it. I don't want to talk about it, and you were like, No, I think you should. And I was like, Okay, no. Fair even enough. if even if it wasn't on the podcast. It's still, still something that you should you should talk about regardless. Yeah. Even if it's just one person, you know. Release it, definitely. It feels better to say things. Because we would have spoken about this when we saw each other anyway. Like, you know. Eventually I would have. it's just nice. Yeah, eventually. explained. Yeah. <laughs> it, would have come, it would have come up. Yeah. But also I think it, we have the opportunity now, especially in this climate and the platform that we are slowly building. I think it's good. Yeah, definitely. To see that. And I think um, Chavay, uh, who did our first episode for Two Minute Talks, like Meg just mentioned, honestly, she just explained it so well. Way, articulated yeah. it way better than me, but go listen to it if you haven't. Go watch it because, again, it's such a brave thing to do. And, you know, you can just really get an understanding. And I think, person, mm-hmm. I think you said it as well, like, per, you know, you can read about it and sometimes you can just miss a story, but personal experiences really just tell a story much more deeply. They resonate with you. Yeah. Well, let's leave it on a light note. Let's hear about our favourites of the week. Okay. This is the thing. I've got... Because it was my birthday last week. I had so many lovely things and so many thoughtful things that people bought me. And I kind of just like... Mm-hmm. I can't pick one. Um, yeah, I feel you. People are too kind. I won't be offended. I won't be offended if you don't pick my present. <laughs> well, this is why I'm going to pick the song. So no one's left out because I pre- appreciated it all. It's by Leanne La Havas and it's called Sour Flower. Love her. And her voice is honestly so angelic, isn't it? She's actually, it's quite funny because before we filmed this, Maria was like, oh, I've got this song I want to mention. And I was like, oh, who's it by? And you were like, Leanne La Havas? And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, honey, she's my fucking favourite. Yeah. Like, I've got her vinyls. I've, I was watching her live. Vi- she had like a, a live gig from the roundhouse like that you had to buy tickets for someone bought me tickets like I was sat in my room watching it I was like I love this woman and then this week we're just like yeah have you ever heard of this woman and I'm like please don't make me cry (laughs) but yeah she's just released a new album hasn't she was it last week or this week I think it was last week last Friday Friday. I think it was yeah last Friday so she's just released this album and honestly it's gorgeous like 
it's kind of hard to pick one song because the album is phenomenal but it's so beautiful isn't it she makes such beautiful music that no one else is really people don't make music like her and she's she's a musician as well so she doesn't just sing yeah she's a musician um but yeah sour flower recommend it and we'll put it on the instagram for everyone to see and listen hell yeah now i've got to think of my favorite yeah i've put you on the spot now because i've just ruined your whole brand no you haven't because i would have struggled to pick a particular song because i've just got so many songs i love right now (laughs) um my favorite of the week is i may destroy you written directed starred by michaela cole right i need to watch this okay this is this is really frustrating because i want to talk to you about it so bad okay i'll get on it and you haven't seen it okay it's such a stunning series like everything it's just incredible the acting the themes it's on bbc3 the music yeah it's on iplayer iplayer okay everything is just so perfect and written it's so realistic it's just it's brilliant and if you haven't watched i may destroy you it kind of it looks into like um the realities and trauma sexual assault you know looks at gender it looks at sexuality it looks at racism and what we need what we need but also it's so realistic about it yeah yeah and it looks at people being held accountable for things that you might have even realized they need to be held accountable for that's brilliant it's just it's just brilliant i can't i can't say anything more about it because i want people to go and watch it and educate themselves can your so uh we've all seen meg's cow table that she did on instagram can you please so i sent her i was looking on zara um because i'm a clothes whore and i saw this cow denim jacket it's actually a co-ord which has matching shorts so i'm hoping you get it and then we can see it oh my god just get it okay i just don't want to wear it if it makes me look bulky I have a cow print t-shirt as well. I could wear that underneath. See, that's such a vibe. Oh my God. And I really want some cow print shoes. Oh my God. Vans I must, know. you need a Vans pair because then that definitely is you. I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Thank you for listening and make sure you tune in to our two minute talk series every Sunday on Instagram at madworld underscore podcast. Another huge thank you for the support we have received so far and we can't wait to bring you more. You've been listening to Mad World with Meg and Maria.